right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 69 of Eat, Drink, Write podcast. Um, oh, an urban fantasy whiteboard podcast. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about how to start chapters. We did the how to end chapters, and now we're going to talk about how to start chapters. But before we get to that, how was your week? Exhausting. Uh, I, feel I feel like, like everything... that's a common thread every, every week. Every week. Every week, it's exhausting. I... You know, I feel like grad school is probably just going to be that way forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have like a year left of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be exhausted for the next year. And it sounds. Yeah. So I should probably start, stop asking how, how was your week? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, some weeks are definitely better than others. Like it wasn't a bad week. I got, you know, I got a lot of stuff done and, uh, oh, I got my second COVID shot. Um, Oh, yay. So uh, that that was pretty good. I was very tired for Wednesday, so I think mm-hmm. I spent most of it just vegging on my couch. And mm-hmm. That was pretty good. So, but yeah, yeah, not bad. I got my second shot too, and it was right in the middle of my chaos court, which mm. was poor planning. But they didn't give me a choice as to when the second one had to be because of the timing of the right. of the vaccines. So I, the day after I got my shot, I ended up skipping. One, half of the day of court and just sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And the judge, everybody was very understanding. So yeah. that was good. But right now I'm traveling. I'm not in town. So um, this is going to be exciting. I've got to get this uh, edited and posted by midnight tonight. Yeah. And I think I'll, we'll still be, I'll, I'll be traveling and you'll be traveling, I think, travel. for the next one. So yeah. That will be, it's going to be challenging these next two. And I think they're going to be shorter than usual, which is understandable. Um, yeah. Just forgive us. Yep. Um, yep. I, what are you eating and drinking? Um, I don't have a food. I think we're, we're recording this at like 6 p.m. Uh, so I'm going to order um, some Mexican food. I'm craving quesadillas. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to get some quesadillas. I always I crave in Athens, uh, I always crave Cali and Tito's. That's just my favorite Mexican. It is very good. It is, mm-hmm. uh, it is very good. I'm not getting that. I'm going to probably get this place called uh, Taqueria uh, Perilla. Um, and it's, it's also very good. Well, I'm uh, visiting a friend up here and we're, or we're going to order out. Um, we've actually already ordered it. She's going to go pick it up. We're going to have seafood and calamari and tuna and avocado poke. And oh man. So That's yeah, she's going to go good. get that, but it won't be here. I'll try to remember to take pictures of it, but okay. won't. Yeah. Uh, and I'm drinking a uh, vodka soda. Nice. Hey, me too. Vodka soda. Buddies. Okay. Yeah. Mine's lemon. Yeah. Um, my, my friend has the, she drinks tequila with Corona. Yeah, they're called like Corona Fogs. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so I may try one of those before the night's over, but you you pop it and it's got a little bit of headspace in the beer bottle and you pour tequila on that, you squeeze lime in, and then you turn it upside down and it makes this cool, swirly, foggy thing. So if if we do that, I'll have to, I might even try to do a video of it and post it. That would be cool. Do it. That'd be great. That would be very cool. Have you tried one? How do you like it? I don't, I like Corona and I like tequila, but I've never tried them together. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I can admit I've never had one, but it sounds good. And then I think we're going to watch horror movies. My my lovely grade C horror movies is my, my specialty. Wonderful. (laughs) I watched uh, (laughs) Greta and Hansel last night. Oh, 
Nice. And the the trailer looked amazing, but it was the weirdest freaking movie I have ever yeah. seen. It, very yeah. weird. Excellent acting. But yeah. Strange, very, very strange movie. Interesting. And I'm like, I just yep, saw a commercial for for what? Well, classic. Um, my mother can't pick movies, y'all. You're you're, uh, you're right. Yep. Um, I just saw a commercial for the next conjuring movie. So I'm excited. Yeah. There's another know. conjuring. Yeah, I didn't realize I thought they were done. No, there's another one. It's it's called The Conjuring. Um, the devil made me do it. <gasps> I just watched with uh, daughter number three. Yeah. Conjuring one and two. They're so good. We just did that. And I don't remember. We were, she was at home. Oh, nice. I don't remember when and why that happened, but she was at home. And so we watched, we rented, I think two nights in a row, we rented the Conjuring one and the, or it might've even been on Netflix. I can't remember. Yeah. That's fine. So I am so excited. Yeah. So there's another one. I'm really excited too. I immediately texted uh, my girlfriend and I was like, oh my God, there's another Conjuring. And she said, that sounds terrifying. And I said, (laughs) does she not like horror movies? She does, but she is a bit of a chicken heart. I love her to death, but (laughs) that's why it's great date movies. Cause then you can cuddle under the covers and, you know, peek out to watch the the scary parts and hide your face when. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, she's going to be mad at me if she listens to this episode, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen. So it's fine. okay. Called her a chicken heart. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, I have jokes before right, we yes. get into the meat of this. So I was yes, looking yes. for jokes about beginnings because we're talking about the beginning of chapters. Okay. So what do cannibals serve at the beginning of a dinner party? What? handshakes oh god oh (laughs) my god i don't know what i expected but that was violent (laughs) in the beginning there were only 25 letters in the alphabet nobody knew why w-h-y and the letter y oh my god (laughs) all right and what has t in the beginning t in the middle and t at the end (laughs) i don't know a teapot Oh, lovely. (laughs) I did that one because you love tea and I thought you might be drinking tea tonight. I do. I surprised you. You did. On weeknights, it is hard. We're doing this Monday night, this post at midnight tonight. So, well, I guess it's technically midnight on Tuesday because it comes out on Tuesday. But Right, right. um, Yeah. All right. Okay. So get us started on how to start chapters. Okie dokie. So... Starting a chapter isn't really unlike starting your novel. You know, there's a million ways to start a chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to hook in your readers. They, you know, you want to keep them turning those pages and all those, all those good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty important to set up the story that this chapter will, will revolve around. So that's one of my favorite things to think about as I'm like trying to start my chapter or as I'm rewriting a novel, it's usually in the rewrite, I guess, um, that I more think about like, oh, well, what can this first sentence do in order to, you know, tell my reader the most, um, set up, you know, whatever's going to happen in this chapter, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. For that, you have to be more of a plotter than a pantster. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise you don't know what's coming. I mean, you, you know what you're trying to get across, which I guess can still help you craft the first sentence. Right. But sometimes I am more of a pantster. And so it's afterward that I go and tweak that first sentence. Right. I, I, I do find that I um, focus on it a lot more in my rewrites. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
yeah I mean, that's, no I don't there's no I don't wrong so way either. to do any of this so yeah I'd rather you know um put something down that I know I'm going to change later than sit there and stare at a blank page is yeah, absolutely kind of my thing. sometimes you just got to move through it yeah absolutely uh so why is it important to find the right start to your chapter uh well it sets the mood for your chapter you can set it up with either you know you could do the weather you could do uh, a piece of dialogue, which I'll get into a lot of these later. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can set the whole tone for what's about to happen and what part of the plot you're trying to tell with yeah. this chapter of the story. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why it's perfect for changing the point of view. Yeah. You know, that it, that first sentence is going to let them know, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't the same person. Like, Karen Monning is uh, brilliant with this. We've talked about Absolutely. her many, many times, but yeah, she doesn't even have to, you know, some of those books you see where they say, oh, this is Jacob's point of view and this is Susan's yeah. point of view. Yeah. She doesn't have to do that. No, she's very good at establishing yeah. can character feel and who it is just based on the way they're thinking, talking, whatever. We know it's a different character and who it is. Yeah, definitely. She's Mm -hmm. phenomenal at that. She's Mm -hmm. one that I would like to study. And, you know, we talk about that all the time. It Mm -hmm. would be very difficult, I think, to study her books um, just because I would just read them. I would like to go and look at her books and Cresley Cole books and look at the last sentence of each chapter and the first sentence of each chapter and see how they did it. Yeah, I think I've done something similar with Patricia Briggs, Marcy Thompson series. Mm -hmm. Uh, where I look at the first sentence of a book. So I didn't look at each chapter, but I was interested in how she started each book. Each book, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, curious with the chapters, especially with Cresley Cole, she changes point of view too, because hers are romances. Right. And so it's from the the female's point of view and then the male's point of view. And I'm I'm now want to go and research those and see yeah, how see many how of these things. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the right start to your chapter can hint at events to come things that are, you know, you can kind of foreshadow with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it tells your reader what they're in for, for this chapter. So like I mentioned earlier, you can give a lot of information with just one sentence, um, and starting your, your reader off that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, it can keep your reader engaged in turning pages. So, you know, this made me the goal. Yeah, absolutely. And this made me think of, you know, I'm reading in bed and I'm like, uh, you know, okay, well, I'll get to the end of this chapter and then I'm going to go to sleep. And I always do the thing where I like flip the page to the next chapter, just to be like, I wonder what that first sentence is. <laughs> and so like, I'll read it and I'm like, oh, well, shoot, I guess I have to read the whole chapter. And so like, I catch myself just keep going and going and going. Oh, how funny. Yeah. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I like flip to the next page and I'm like, well, that's, I can't put it down now. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Yep. Um, So what are some of the different ways to start a chapter? How can you go about picking uh, what type of start you want for your Mm -hmm. chapter? So you can start with action. So that's always a good hook. You know, in the middle of an action, your main character is in the middle of doing something. We're immediately right there with them as they're performing an action. Um, So, yeah, think about what your character is doing and describe what they're doing at that moment. Yeah, I've got a sentence from because I did the same thing for this one that I did for our episode on chapter endings. Mm -hmm. I looked at freaking fairies and pulled chapter beginnings to see how I did it, because it's not something I always do intentionally until the rewrite. And, you know, so one that is action, although it's not exactly the action that you're necessarily talking about, but it's still action. It says, I jerked open the door to head home and stopped short. So we're right there in her head. She's opening the door She's and she stopped short, which 
makes us that, well, why did she stop short? What's happening? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what I'm talking about though. Okay, is, is good. Even just that, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a sprint through the woods and I'm being chased and there's an ambush, you know, I, it doesn't have to be that type of action, but I think mm-hmm. this is uh, a perfect example for what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Talking about that sprinting through the woods and ambushing, we have had that conversation where you don't want to start too close into the action either where your reader doesn't care the outcome. Right. But as you get farther and farther into your book, that becomes less and less of an issue because by then they do know your character, but just consider where in the action you start. Do you want to start with the knife being stabbed into their chest or do you want to start a little bit before that? So when you do use action as a beginning point, think about, where during that action you want to start. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, You can also start a chapter with dialogue. So a piece of dialogue is really good at catching attention. I think I have um, at the very start of my book, the first line of Aiden is a piece of dialogue and it's um, dead bodies. Don't just get up and walk away. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so that's that's a great, that's great. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, starting with a piece of dialogue can be very attention grabbing. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be a question. It can be the start of an argument, which automatically brings intention. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it can be a piece of information that a character knows and is revealing. Yeah, you can use dialogue in a whole bunch of different ways. One of my um, chapters started in Frickin' Fairies started with a quote, that was unwise, Tegan whispered in my ear as he practically dragged me up the stairs. So, nice. <laughs> you know, I, I like that one too. Yeah, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause you're, Which, you're already wondering is like, what was unwise? Why? By, was it unwise? by the time she gets, you know, by the time we get to this point, we all know that Beck is unwise all the way through. So Fair this is not surprising that she's done something unwise. Yes. But it is another, another good setup. Cause you're like, ah, she's done it again. Yes. Let's see how this plays out. Yeah. What, what she got to deal with now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you can also start with setting. So using vivid imagery and showing the surroundings of where the chapter is taking place is also a really good way to draw on your reader. You know, you can get, a kind of picture going in their yeah, heads that picture um, mm-hmm. yeah and set things up for the visuals that you want your reader to picture um as they're reading mm-hmm. um you can make your reader curious about a place with specific details you know you can point out oh well there was a sock on the sidewalk as i'm walking towards the ice cream shop and you're like why was there a sock there mm-hmm. you know just something like that so you've got this picture that you've set up and then you put something weird and can draw their attention and make them curious and don't think about I mean, do do think about, wow, I've only had, well, uh, the drink is almost gone. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> think about sensory details. I oh, really yeah. like using sensory details. Like if, if you're walking past that sock that you're talking about, was there a smell? Does it smell? Right. right. You know, um, and here is an example of, kind of sensory kind of details in um, and freaking fairies. Yeah. Rain cascaded over the awning, causing splatters of water to douse my shoes. Yeah. And that is like the most uncomfortable feeling in the world. And everybody knows. Yeah. And so using that sensory detail to start things off, we're already in her shoes. This is probably not going to be a great chapter. (laughs) She's not going to have good things happen. She's a little upset. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So that I, I love using sensory details as far as setting goes. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you can also start with a time skip. So this one can be pretty jarring to the reading, uh, mm-hmm. to the reader. Um, I've not even had half of my drink. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, you know, be, be careful about how you're doing it. Cause if you jump like 15 years, that's very jarring. So make sure that you include information that like leads them to that, um, that kind of thing. But skipping time can also be a pretty good hook. You know, like, why did we skip time? Why are things the way they are now? What are they like now? Um, what's going to happen in this time period that couldn't have happened when the book started or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, you see that a lot in, um, TV shows, but they always put, you know, they start you off with the action and this horrible thing is going on. And then it says two days earlier and you're like, okay, now we're going to see how right. we got there. Right. Um, sometimes it's just enough time to get to a place. Like it's boring to say, oh, they got on the airplane and sat on plane, you know, seat. That, okay. But sometimes you've got to let them know we've gotten there. So in freaking fairies, I started one of my chapters with St. Thomas is spectacular, period, and hot, period. Okay, so that gives us a whole lot of information. Yeah. But it also skips that time from without me having to describe her trip there. That's a really good point. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. I have done the same thing in one of my uh, Aura books, which I don't think I've talked about too much here, but um, uh, she talks about going to Chicago. And then I start the next chapter with, O'Hare National International Airport is bustling with activity or whatever. Exactly. That's exactly um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, You can open it with history. So opening a chapter with history can provide a piece of interesting information about your world specifically. And I feel like this is probably going to be, you know, with things that are... um, I don't know. I guess you could do it with any kind of genre. I was going to say it's probably more fantasy related, but with urban fantasy, there's a lot of uh, tweaked history that we have. Yes. And we have to let um, people know that, you know, yeah. I think of the Iona, uh, Andrews that Alona, we have to, yeah. Alona Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, she had to explain to us that kind of history of how we got to where we are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and it does it in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can make it relevant to what is about to happen in your story. So I have an example here from, um, the Game of Thrones books, so oh. specifically Fire and Blood. Okay. Uh, the Maesters of the Citadel who keep the histories of Westeros have used Aegon's conquest as their touchstone for the past 300 years. Births, deaths, battles, and other events are dated either AC, after the conquest, or BC, before the conquest. And that's the first uh, sentence. That's the opening to that chapter. Okay. Um, for that book. And it's a, just a good piece of information. And I imagine for that, I haven't read the books, but I imagine for that chapter, he's going to be talking about these, these touchstones and, um, you know, the births or a death or a battle that's going to happen. Um, and it with keeps this. us, it kind of gives us the setting too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you can also use an interesting fact relevant to your plot to start the chapter. So something like, um, you know, werewolves don't actually react to silver. This myth started when blah, mm-hmm. you know, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that tells us, you know, okay, well, why are you telling us that? That means that something is about to happen in this chapter that is important for us to know that werewolves do not react to silver. Right. You know, so I think that would be an interesting way to start a chapter also. Mm-hmm. You can also use foreshadowing. Foreshadowing is one of my favorite things in the world. I know we did a whole episode on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're like curious about, foreshadowing as a whole, go and check that out. Um, but the first line can hint at events to come. So I mentioned this before, um, but it doesn't have to hint at just the things in and not like the chapter. 
but it can uh, hint at the entire novel as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also share a character desire. Yeah. And I was thinking about this too, not just character desire, which is a huge thing all on its own, but also you can use it as character development. Oh yeah. So in freaking fairies at the end of one chapter, Beck discovers that she's going to have to go in front of the fake council. Yeah. And I start the very next chapter with how does one dress to go meet the fake council, which (laughs) only Beck would be worried about what she's wearing when she's about to go meet this council who has a death warrant out on her head. Absolutely. Um, You know, that's just Beck, but it's pure Beck. Yeah, it, it is. And so yeah, that shows character development. It shows it, it gives us insight into Beck. Like kind of a sense of like who she is who she as a is. person. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. That's and actually a really good point. Hopefully by this point in the book, we all love her. And so yeah. we're like, oh Beck, you know. <laughs> like, oh Beck. Like, come on. Like, I'm not surprised that you asked mm-hmm. that question, but come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also use emotion. So I think emotion is a big one just in terms of writing in general. I feel like a lot of writers write to convey emotion and get across the emotion of their characters and um, and that kind of thing. So you can use emotion to pull in your reader by triggering like their empathy, get them to feel for a character. Yeah. Um, and when I was thinking about this one, it reminded me of a book I read a really, really, really long time ago. And I don't remember what it was. I don't even remember the name of the main character or the title of the book, but there was uh, this one thing that stuck with me the most. And it was, you know, the main character had gone through something traumatic in her background. And so they would always hear the sound or remember the sound of dripping blood on the floor from someone close to her that had been killed. And so whenever she was thinking about that, the author, you, the author used um, three words, just drip, drip, drip. And so that immediately pulled us into the main character's head and we knew where her emotions were in the backstory. And to use that as like the first line of a chapter immediately puts you in oh, that emotion. That gives me chills. That's awesome. I know. I can't remember what book series it was. I wish I knew. Um, but yeah, that's not my idea. That was a, that it's just something that stuck with me mm-hmm. um, after all these years of not remembering what it was. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, so that's that's most of what I've got for the notes today. I know we're a little short on time today. We are. Um, because of traveling and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I do have an interview question. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite way to start a chapter? So out of all the things that we've talked about, what is your favorite way? I, I like the, the starting with a snarky thought. So I don't know where that fits in in here. Probably like... That's a really good point. Humor would actually be a really good way. Uh, oh yeah, to do it. humor. And I, I, I didn't I'm a big add humor that. Fan. Yeah, I, but I do. I love it when it starts off. You know, especially when the chapter before ended with something, and then you start off with something snarky and funny based on what happened at the end. Right. You know, I just love that kind of thing. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Humor would have been a really great one to talk about. Yeah, I hadn't. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, because you would have had. Had really good examples for that one too with Beck. That's true. I would have good old Beck. Way. Uh, I think dialogue. I really enjoy just starting with someone talking um, and, you know, wondering, well, what triggered this conversation? Mm-hmm. I think um, that's very effective. Definitely. Yeah. I think so too. Although I think there was one time we were at the Atlanta Writers <coughs> Digest conference in, mm-hmm. in, in Atlanta, obviously. Um, <laughs> and uh, the one of the agents on the panel that we went to said that they didn't enjoy 
uh, books that started with dialogue. So that's like the very first sentence of a book that they didn't enjoy dialogue. Right. Um, so I don't know if that, you know, if that would apply to all the chapters in their eyes, but also that was one agent. So. Well, and that brings up, you don't want to do every chapter start exactly the same way. You want to vary how you start the chapters. Absolutely. That's your cat. Uh, well, he's sitting over there being really cute. So I leaned over to pet him. And then when I brought my hand back, I hit my cup full of pens and it was, oh, it was a whole thing. Um, I'm surprised actually my friend here has three cats. So I'm surprised that I don't have cats in front of me. When I was doing my notes for this, they kept climbing over the keyboard. And so I, my notes were like, no, 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 no. Maybe they don't want to be there while you're talking. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm bothering them because I'm, I'm very, my, I use my hands a lot to talk. True. You do move a lot. He's probably like, no, thank you. I'm Mm going to go Mm -hmm. away for now. Yeah. Um, I do have a sentence challenge for anybody who wants to participate. So yeah, like Jen, uh, uh, basically if you, um, want to participate, you take the sentence that I'm about to give you and write it, uh, into one page, um, of anything you desire. And then send it to us. And we're going to have an episode where we read some of these. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the one for this week is there's a beginning to everything. I like it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, definitely. We really appreciate it. Apologize that it's so short. Um, it's a little bit chaotic. We thought about even just doing a, a small clip that just says we're not able to do it this week, but I felt I felt like we really needed to do something. So we put it together. Um, and I think it was a good one. I'm, I, I didn't real. I love going back and reading freaking fairies and seeing yeah. how I began and how I ended things. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, but check out our website at www eat, drink, right, drink, right. Podcast.com. Yes. Uh, we, you can get to our social media there. You can get to our episodes there. You can contact us through there. So do that. Go and visit our Patreon. If you'd like to support us, which is www.patreon.com slash edw. Yep. We thank Jen and Deanna very much. We love them dearly. Deanna is great at, at making comments on our, um, Oh, they're fabulous. Yes. I, I, I just love it. And Jen has been doing the sentences. So I'm excited to do that episode whenever we get around to doing it. I know, that. I know. She's got some really good stuff. I love her talent. And Deanna is a writer herself. She's got a winter series that she does. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that from her. But Absolutely. yeah, we... Love all of you. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate the support and we just like to talk writing. So we sure do. And hopefully you like to listen. Yeah. Come have a drink with us and listen. Yep. Thanks guys.